Chapter Thirteen of Wolfbane by Frederick Pohl and C. M. Cornbluth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Citizeness Rogette Germain, widow, woke from sleep like a well-mannered cat on the narrow lower third of the bed that her training had taught her to occupy, though it had been some days since her husband's translation had emptied the citizen's two-thirds permanently. Someone had tapped gently on her door. I'm awake, she called, in a voice just sufficient to carry. A quiet voice said, Citizeness, there is an exceptional opportunity to appreciate this morning. Come see, if you will, and I ask forgiveness for waking you. She recognized the voice. It was the wife of one of her neighbors. The citizeness made the appropriate reply, combining forgiveness and gratitude. She dressed rapidly but with appropriate pauses for reflection and calm, and stepped out into the street. It was not yet daylight. Overhead great sheets of soundless lightnings flared. Inside Citizeness Germain long unfelt emotions stirred. There was something that was very like terror, and something that was akin to love. This was a generation that had never seen the aurora, for the ricocheting electron beams that caused it could not span the increasing distance between the orphaned earth and its primary old soul and the small rekindled suns the pyramids made were far too puny under the sleeting aurora small knots of citizens stood about the street their faces turned up to the sky and illuminated by the distant light it was truly an exceptional opportunity to appreciate and they were all making the most of it Conscientiously, Citizeness Germain sought out another viewer with whom to exchange comments on the spectacle above. It is more bright than meteors, she said judiciously, and lovelier than the freshly kindled sun. Sure, said the woman, Citizeness Germain jolted, looking more closely. It was the tropile woman. Gala? Was that her name? And what sort of a name was that? But it fitted her well. She was the one who had been wife to Wolf, and, more likely than not, part Wolf herself. Still, the case was not proved. Citizeness Germain said honestly, I have never seen a sight to compare with this in all my life. Galatropile said indifferently, Yeah, funny things are happening all the time these days, have you noticed? Ever since Glenn turned out to be... She stopped. Citizeness Germain rapidly diagnosed her embarrassment and acted to cover it up. That is so. I have seen eyes a hundred times, and yet has there been a translation with the eyes? No. But there have been translations. It is queer. I suppose so, Galatropile said, looking upward at the display. She sighed. Over their heads, a formed eye was drifting slowly about, but neither of the women noticed it. The shifting lights in the sky obscured it. I wonder what causes that stuff, Galatropile said idly. Citizeness Germain made no attempt to answer. It was not the sort of question that would normally have occurred to her, and therefore not a sort to which she could reply. Moreover, it was not the question closest to Galatropile's heart at the moment, nor, for that matter, the question closest to Citizeness Germain's. The question that underlay the thought of both was, I wonder what happened to my husband. It was strange, but true, that the answers to all their questions were very nearly the same. 
the Alanarova mind said sharply Glenn come back Tropile withdrew from scanning the distant dark street he laughed soundlessly I was watching my wife God we're giving them fits down there the pyramids must be churning things up too the sky is full of auroral displays looks like there's plenty of HF bouncing around the atmosphere pay attention the Alanarova mind commanded all right obediently Tropile returned to the war he was waging it was a strange conflict strangely fought Tropile's mind searched the abysses and tunnels of the pyramid planet and what he sensed or saw was immediately communicated to all of the awakened components who were his allies it was a godlike position was he sane there was no knowing sanity no longer meant anything to Tropile he was beyond such human affairs as lunacy or its reverse an insane man is one who is out of joint with his environment Tropile was himself his environment his mind encompassed two planets and the space between he saw with a thousand eyes he worked with a thousand hands and he struck mighty blows the weakness of a network that reaches everywhere is that it is everywhere vulnerable if a teletype repeater in Omaha garbles a single digit printing units in Atlanta and Bangor will type out errors Tropile by striking at the pyramids net at a thousand points garbled their communications and made them nearly useless more he took the pyramids network for his own the tropile pulse sped through the neuron glides of the pyramid net and what it encountered it mastered and what it mastered it changed the pyramids discovered that they had been attacked frantically if they could feel frenzy the pyramids replaced components the tropile pulse woke the new ones unbelievingly did they know how to believe the pyramids isolated contaminated circuits the tropile pulse bypassed them desperately or joyously or uffishly one term fits exactly as well as another the pyramids returned to Shavan Hall and there was more destruction and some components died but by then the components had reprogrammed themselves the first job had been the matter of finding hands for the tropile brain to work with bring hands in then tropile commanded the pyramids network and obediently it was done the translation mechanism the electrostatic scythe that had harvested so many crops from the wristwatch mines suffered a change and went to work not for the pickers but for the fruit the essential change in the operation of that particular pneuma had been simple first to harvest or translate the men and women tropile wanted as fighters instead of the meditative citizen kind second to divert the new arrivals to where they would not go straight to the deep freeze it happened that the only alternative space tropile could find was a sort of foundry that was nearly hell but that was only a detail the important thing was that the new helpers were arriving with minds of their own and the capacity to move and act then tropile needed to communicate with them he found the alien ropey limbed component whose name vaguely approached Joey Joey's limited sense of telepathy was needed and so with enormous difficulty tropile and Alanarova combined managed to reach and wake it and so he had an army captured humans for troops and awakened Joey for liaison tropile was the lord of two worlds 
not only the pyramids were under his thumb but his own fellow humans whom he had drafted into his service they ate when a captured circuit he controlled fed synthetic mush into troughs for them they breathed because a captured circuit he directed created air they would return to earth when and only when a captured circuit he operated sent them home sane by what standards and what difference did it make the end of chapter 13 of wolfbane